It's time for Lawyers for Jesus, a show about the dynamic and exciting interaction of faith and the law, featuring the attorneys from the law firm Malkin Baker in downtown Chicago. Malkin Baker is nationally known for defending freedom and for serving the people of faith. And now, Lawyers for Jesus. Hello, welcome to Lawyers for Jesus. I'm John Malk, a partner and attorney at the law firm of Malkin Baker in Chicago. We are Christian attorneys who focus on serving the body of Messiah with its legal needs. To learn more about us, go to MalkBaker.com, that's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com, or call 312-726-1243. What role do Christians have in the general media and public discourse? What purpose does this serve for God's kingdom? What is God trying to do as we participate in the larger role in the media? How do you, as a believer, frame your discussions with your family and friends when you have a Christian worldview and they have a different worldview? Today, we'll be speaking with Craig Parshall, General Counsel for National Religious Broadcasters, and he serves as Special Counsel to the American Center for Law and Justice. Craig is also a best-selling author of several books and frequently speaks nationally on issues involving culture, faith, law, media, technology, often testifying before committees of Congress. Craig, welcome to Lawyers for Jesus. John, it's a real pleasure. Uh, there's a, a lot of confusion, it seems to me, uh, Craig, among believers as to when to bring faith, when to bring scripture, when to bring spiritual issues into public discourse. And I was I was struck by uh, a comment from John Podhoretz, whom you may know as editor of uh, Commentary Magazine, concerning a recent uh, Democratic debate. Now, he was quoting Marianne Williamson, I, I don't know that she's going anywhere in the, in, the, uh, uh, in the campaign, but she said something very interesting about dark psychic forces of the collectivized hatred that this president, pres referring to President Trump, is bringing to this country. Uh, the, the point that Pat Horitz made is that this was really a spiritual reference to the uh, New Age philosophy and spirituality that motivates much of the left. Now, how do you see this comment? Is it just going to blow over, or are people going to begin to talk about psychic forces and, and, and demons and angels and the Holy Spirit? Well, that's a great question, and the reason I think it's such a pertinent question is I would hearken back to a study done by the Pew Research Center a uh, number of years ago, and it has been updated, but the findings are still accurate, that there is an increasing number of Americans in particular who don't describe themselves as a Christian, don't describe themselves as a Christian Lutheran or a Methodist or Presbyterian evangelical. They, they are less inclined to denominate themselves in that way. They are part of the so-called nuns. In other words, none of the above, but they do consider themselves spiritual. There's an increase in people who identify themselves as vaguely, ambiguously, quote, spiritual, but they don't want to be hardwired to any specific truth or inspirational approach to scripture or any doctrine. And so uh, that, that feeds into this 
appeal of Marianne Williamson about dark psychic forces everybody's talking about, uh, because uh, frankly, uh, this the New Age movement that started many years ago is so prevalent. It's really part of this very ambiguous search for significance spiritually. And I don't question the reality of that. Uh, scripture is very clear in the book of Ecclesiastes. It says, God has placed eternity in our hearts, a longing for his transcendence and a relationship with the almighty God. That's part of our spiritual DNA. So of course there's going to be a search and a searching soul. And I'm, and I might I might add Ephesians 6:12 uh, Paul writes our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers against the authorities against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So how do we as believers on the national scene and individuals at our families at our churches and our workplaces introduce uh, scripture and the spiritual comments and, and analysis uh, with these folks who are uh, nuns, who are uh, vaguely spiritual. Yeah, and, and by the way, I think, I think believers in Christ, followers of Jesus, have an important influencing and proclaiming role in the public square. I mean, after all, aren't we called to the Great Commission? And let's not make it less than great by saying, well, I'm going to pick and choose the avenues God leads me into. Uh, I think every possible public and private venue where appropriate, I think we ought to be ready to explain the hope that's in us, the scripture tells us. So uh, the, the, the real question is, how do we uh, advocate for the gospel in a winsome way so that we can win people not to our conversation, our opinions, win them to Christ. You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus. I'm John Mauk, partner of the law firm of Mauk and Baker. If you missed part of this episode and want to hear uh, other Lawyers for Jesus interviews, visit MaukBaker.com. You can also subscribe to our Religious Liberty newsletter at no cost and follow us on Facebook and Twitter for legal updates with a biblical perspective. Today we're speaking with Craig Parshall, General Counsel for National Religious Broadcasters uh, and special, special Counsel to the American Center for Law and Justice about how we can be good witnesses to the spiritual aspects of the political debate that's going on. I, I interrupted you, Craig. Uh, you, were about, you were about to say it's our duty and privilege to be prepared to answer anyone who might ask? Yeah, that's it. You, you've nailed it, John. Uh, scripture is very clear, but it's, it is a privilege, isn't it? Uh, it? It's it's a high calling to be called by the God of the universe for us to have a part to play in our time, in our geographical place of influence among the people he puts into our life and the organizations and movements and, and uh, uh, commercial enterprises that we might rub shoulders with, all of these avenues for us to exemplify and then articulate what the gospel is all, all about. Well, would you advocate that we ask our friends and neighbors, uh, those who aren't followers of Jesus, uh, what what they make of uh, Marianne Williamson's comment about, about dark forces? And, of course, a lot of people would probably jump at the opportunity to further demonize uh, President Trump. Uh, but is, is, that, is that an appropriate way to get into the 
discussion or should we just we back off and hands off because you know it's very volatile well i i think that's a perfect avenue as long as we don't get mired into the political issue but keep it on the plane of what do you think she meant by dark psychic forces regardless you might say of which party or no party you belong to or what uh partisan politics you believe in uh, don't you think that was an intriguing uh, a phrase she used? What do you think she meant? I think asking the question, just like you did, is the, is the biblical way to approach it. If you think of Acts chapter 8, where uh, Philip was out there in the desert and stopped uh, a chariot, or hopped on board the chariot, I should say, with the Ethiopian uh, official uh, who was reading Scripture. And uh, in a short period of time, Philip didn't start by banging him over the head to the four spiritual laws. He asked a question. Do you understand what you're reading? So I think opening with a question like that, that opens a dialogue is a terrific technique. Well, amen. And then how do we translate that? Uh, we're talking about uh, personal witnessing and uh, the role that each of the listeners have in uh, sharing the gospel, but can it translate to the larger general media? The Christian media and the Christian message seems to be uh, walled off from the larger media. Do we have a do yeah. we have a crisis? Do we have to uh, hammer our way in or or uh, wheedle our way into the discussion? Uh, how do you see it, Craig? Well, first of all, we have to thank God for the blessings of a constitutional republic where we have vast numbers of liberties and freedoms that the vast majority of the world doesn't enjoy. Um, and we always, we should never take it for granted and we should give credit where credit is due, which is almighty God has seen fit to bless America with a heritage of freedom and liberty of speech and free exercise of religion. But then in terms of how we respond, uh, there are two parts to that. I think one is, individually we've talked a little bit about that but then also in terms of the so-called christian media uh, christian radio christian television uh christian bloggers and uh webcasters uh, uh folks like you who are integrating your law practice into a general uh spiritual discussion about uh where the gospel fits into this and the role of the christian in society uh i think that is tremendously important but only if we're willing to seek the excellence that I think uh, is worthy of the high king that we serve. I, I think we should go into it prepared. We should be willing to do our homework if we're going to address a particular issue. We should know the word front to back throughout, but also avoid, um, you know, uh, uh, chapter and versing everything from the very beginning in our discussion. We need to know, A, the word of God, and B, what the world is saying about these issues, and then apply in a very strategic way, in a winsome and spirit-led way, the word to the issues of the world. Uh, coming up, we'll talk further with Craig Parshall, General Counsel for National Religious Broadcasters and Special Counsel to the American Center for Law and Justice about Christians' role in the media and in the public square. I'm John Malk, and this is Lawyers for Jesus.
Welcome back to Lawyers for Jesus. I'm John Mauk, an attorney at Mauk & Baker, a law firm based in Chicago, which serves churches, ministries, businesses, and individuals in their legal needs. If you missed the first part of this show and want to listen online, go to maukbaker.com forward slash radio. Uh, today we're speaking with Craig Parshall, General Counsel for National Religious Broadcasters and Special Counsel to the American Center for Law and Justice about how believers both individually and uh, nationally, can introduce the gospel and bring relevant scriptures and God's truth with, uh, with love and humility into the debate. And Craig, uh, can we talk a little bit about some of the more specific agendas, and, and maybe that'll give a pe- people uh, an idea of how to, uh, how, how to address these issues. We're all confused about transgender rights, and there's some uh, laws uh, pending and discussion pending, and I'm sure it's going to continue for quite a while, about transgender rights. Uh, Tell us what this Equality Act and Do Not Harm bill are all about. That's a great question. Uh, The the Equality Act, uh, and again, remember, Washington always picks, regardless of what party proposes these bills, they always pick really nice-sounding names that no one would disagree with. Who could be against yeah. equality ever, ever since the yeah, French I, Revolution? Yeah, exactly. So they picked those kind of names, but here's what the Equality Act really does. It creates a hierarchy of rights, a higher set of rights, as a protected category for people who are so-called transgendered or persons who have a gender identity of you know, I'm a man, but I really want to be a woman, or I am a woman, but I really feel like I'm a man, or I don't know what I am, and I want the right to say I'm non-binary in my gender. Uh, that right under the Equality Act would be superior to the First Amendment rights of free exercise of religion. That's what that bill would do. But the companion bill, a second bill well, called well, the now, Do how, No Harm Bill. Excuse me, but can you explain how... Uh, a law is going to supersede the uh, First Amendment. Well, the uh, the rights created under the Equality Act would leave no exception for religious freedom. The Supreme Court has unfortunately reduced uh, the uh, definition of free exercise of religion considerably, so much so that Congress, back in the 90s, had to pass the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, RIFRA, which then restored uh, the original vision of free exercise and has been used fruitfully to defend and protect religious liberty ever since. Well, the Equality Act says transgender rights and gender identity is to be the law of the land, and it makes no reference to the ability of persons to opt out or to conscientiously object to being forced um, in their places of employment so or their business decisions to go along with that. So it's really now, a, do not, an attack. It's an attack on the First Amendment. No it, question about that. Free exercise and the do no harm, the, the do no harm yeah. bill, John, uh, strips away the application of RIFRA, which is our shield of protection uh, for followers of Christ to be able to be biblically minded and not obey federal laws that would force us to violate our religious conscience. Yeah, RIFRA being the Religious Freedom Restoration Act that is applicable to the federal government, and there are also uh, quite a few state uh, RIFRAs that 
uh, protect us against actions by uh, by the state government. So the idea is that these transgender rights uh, would override uh, free exercise. Now it seems to me that yes. the whole transgender movement, what it has in common is it's a, a satanic uh, challenge to God, uh, uh, raising clenched fists against a God they don't believe in. Uh, this is what the abortion industry has done and, and abortion uh, providers, uh, many of them, uh, the homosexual movement, uh, they're all challenges to God and saying you don't exist and uh, because we know in your hearts that you do exist that we're going to rebel against it and, and think of what we can do that's ungodly. How do we tackle this? Do we, uh, is this in the background in our debate or do we come right out and say this is a, this is a satanic attack against God? Uh, Paul makes it pretty clear, uh, and in fact, he, he really is. Uh, Jesus is my role model for behavior, but Paul put really uh, shoe leather to the Christian walk in these difficult issues. And I think the Holy Spirit used him, of course, in his writings and in his letters uh, that are now in our New Testament to guide us in these practical ways. And he, he, he reminds us that there's a spiritual person and then there's the carnal or natural person. We are, in our flesh, persons of nature, which isn't a good thing because we're inclined to sin and to walk away from God, to find excuses for our behavior rather than confronting the truth. The spiritual person has been regenerated by the power of Jesus Christ. Um, although we still wrestle, as Paul said, with, with flesh and blood, it shouldn't overcome us. But when we're just walking in the flesh as natural people, unsaved, not understanding uh, the basics about Christianity, I think we have to be careful to walk them into some of these issues rather than expect them to know all about the spiritual warfare that they're Amen. part of but don't realize. Amen. You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus. I'm John Mauk of Mauk and Baker, and we're talking to Craig Parshall, General Counsel for National Religious Broadcasters and Special Counsel to the American Center for Law and Justice about how we approach these issues as believers, uh, recognizing our own spirituality, that we're spiritual people, but we're also natural people, and we're talking to people who are, who are natural. So, so Craig, uh, how do we uh, guide these natural people in the political realm uh, into discussing spiritual issues? I think uh, we can state uh, the ancient and eternal truths of Scripture that are true, now have been always true and always will be true in terms of um, the way in which uh, science has verified, as an example, on the transgender issue. Uh, science has, has proven both through DNA and biology that th there are women and there are men. Now, we can subjectively think to ourselves, I don't like being a man or I don't like being a woman, and I think there are deeper issues that are the cause of that. Um, but when you look at some of the studies of persons who have gone through these transgender uh, operations, there is a high degree of regret um, after these operations occur, and particularly the younger the person, which is why it's really a tragedy for the confusion in the minds of adolescents uh, on this issue. So I think we can say, look, um, we have a choice of either relying on the science that's clear, 
which is this is the way we're made, and also psychology and physiology and uh, uh, bio, bioscience all supports this. So political correctness should not trump the truth that is so clear from the scientific standpoint. But we don't rest our argument just on science because we can tell them. Now, there's also um, a handy revelation that God has given us about the way he thinks about this. Would you like to know a little bit about what I think God has said on the subject? And we can open it that way. Amen. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a good idea because... Uh, Certainly, we need to reason, and we need to use truth as as a spiritual uh, tool uh, to help open minds. And we we need to use we need to use love. But uh, I, I like your comments about being led by the Spirit. Look at the person's response and and ask them, "Do you really want to know?" Uh, that's a real good response uh, when people challenge us. Uh, because if they don't really want to know, if if we give a satisfactory answer, we can come back and say, well, uh, then we, we won't go there. Uh, and just leave them to debate that with the Holy Spirit. But we should be mm-hmm. agitators and, and, and challengers. What else can you tell us about how you're approaching the battle, Greg? Well, technology has really opened up a whole new vista of opportunities for propagation of the gospel. Um, my wife, Janet, and I support um, some missionaries who give us emails on a daily basis from the other ends of the earth. And it's amazing how we can then pray for and help support uh, and, and uh, uh, tell others about the great work that they're doing in these far-flung parts of the globe. So that's the great blessing of communication, and I think it could be used powerfully and is being used by every ministry, including yours, but there is a problem. And then as the big technology companies aren't really friendly to our message, and they are more and more increasing the amount of censorship and suppression of viewpoints that are uh, traditional Orthodox Christian views. I see it happening. And uh, boy, the battles will keep going. Craig, thank you for speaking with us today. How can people learn more about uh, your perspective and your ministry? Well, they can go, first of all, to uh, nrb.org. NRB stands for National Religious Broadcasters. If they want to know more about this Internet problem of censorship, they can go to the project I head up there uh, and just type into your search bar nrb.org and then put the words John Milton Project after that. It'll lead them to that area, as well as the American Center for Law and Justice, ACLJ.org. They do great work. I'm privileged to work with them as well. And if they want to know anything about me personally, uh, that's not that important. But if if they're curious, they can go to craigpartialauthor.com. Thank you, Craig, so much. If you have a legal need or a question and want the perspective of a local believing attorney, contact us at Malkin Baker. You can reach us at 312 726 1243 or at maukbaker.com. Thanks for listening. I'm John Mauk, attorney at Mauk and Baker, and this is Lawyers for Jesus. Gonna have to serve somebody. Yes, indeed, you're gonna have to serve somebody.